I realized that to be a single mom here in Stockholm for me is more easy mentally because it's not something that scare people or they're gonna point like you are a single mom forever You're listening to the Swedish podcast, hosted by Jill Leckie in conversations about the paradox of life between two cultures. So the first thing that I want you to tell me is about your journey to becoming Swedish. So you are Cameroonian, born in Paris, but you and you grew up in Paris. Yeah. And then in the midst of a pandemic, terrible, <laughs> you decided to move to Sweden. Tell us about why you came to that decision and what brought you to, to move. I think it's a process. Um, I decided to move here because let's say that Sweden have a good education system, uh, if we want to be honest, and as a parent, is something that we need to be focused for our kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, languages like mm-hmm. English or Dutch mm-hmm. or maybe Spanish. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of school uh, in Stockholm. So you have different choice for your son. And for me, it was something that I really wanted to consider. That's why I decided to prioritize the future of my son comes to languages and I was like let me try and we will see after. What was the event or, or, or journey or experience that you had that led up to that prioritization? I think it's the big part is uh, the pandemic because a lot of people decide to move everywhere in the world and uh, I never had this kind of idea maybe And uh, I realized that during the lockdown, it was something who come very important in my life and what I really wanted to give as a legacy for my son. Um, And I think it's a unique expatriation as a (laughs) Cameroonian, French, and right now we live in, uh, in Stockholm. Um, so and, and a single mom. And I'm a single mom. So it's a huge experience. And um, right now I don't regret because I realized that my son is very happy and it's something that I can't, yeah, forget that. That's amazing. So you encourage me to mm. do more and to sweat more. <laughs> like all mothers do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's go back to Amelie. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Amelie. I'm uh, a mom, like you mentioned. I'm super open when it comes to learn new things, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to watch some movies. So mm-hmm. I read a lot. I write a lot <laughs> everywhere on some books, on some notes, online. Um, I love music. I think it's very important right now in my life. Mm. 
and I love silence sometimes. Mm. Like you can see, I don't have headphones, mm. so I love silence sometimes. I'm, you know, this is. I'm really struck by the fact that you haven't mentioned your profession or the area of expertise that you have in that description, because so often these days people lead with what it is that they are experts in or their specialty. Is that because you want to separate yourself from from that? I'm not only my job. Yeah. Which is super important to understand, I think. Um, I love to separate mm-hmm. uh, each cap that I have, which mm-hmm. is completely me mm. at the end of the day. But like you ask me, who are you mm. inside of you? Yeah. I'm not only a uh, holder, speaker, social media specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we forgot that. Yeah. So I think it's super important to describe yourself. For me, that's very kind of challenging because I have got myself, I found myself in a situation where I feel like I, the only way I can define myself is through my professional work. That's such a refreshing take for me for, to yeah. hear from somebody saying, no, this is me as an individual. But this if you forget about that, yeah. who are you? It's the real question that everybody needs to answer for themselves. Because we are not only our expertise, like professional. I don't think I could actually answer that question right now, which is a sad thing. It's a sad state of affairs. Mm. I haven't. It's been such a long time since I've sat down and gone, "What do I like doing mm. as a human being? Mm. What nourishes my curiosity? Mm. What piques my interest? Mm. What gives me joy?" You know, I haven't done that for such a long time because I've been so consumed by mm. establishing myself as mm. a successful professional. <laughs> Thank you for highlighting that. So one of the reasons that we we are here today is because uh, Nora Baby reached out to me and said, I want you to get Amelie to come onto the podcast because I think she's fascinating and she's got really fresh insights and fresh ideas. She's new to Sweden. And she wanted you to share with our listeners about your decision to move to Sweden, why you came here, um, your experiences of Sweden so far, um, and the expectations and, and, and uh, realities that you've, you've faced so far coming to Sweden. So, you know, tell us about that. When you decided that you were going to come to Sweden, what were the expectations that you had? Well, um, since I'm here, I realized that I love nature mm. for real. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Mm. Summertime, winter time, and I'm grateful for that mm. because it's not everywhere in the world that you have nature close. Like I mean, it's amazing to live this kind of journey every day. You can walk around. You have some water on the side. <laughs> so I decide to like I said uh, for my sc- for my son. Yeah, but also for me the tech scene. It's very huge. Mm-hmm. And I learned so many things comparing to Paris, which is completely different. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the same uh, structure. We don't have the same way of uh, different industries. So it's mm. completely a new approach for mm. me. And I can compare also on social media, for example. In Sweden, specifically in Stockholm, we don't use the same 
platform like we can use in France, for example. LinkedIn, it's so important here in Sweden. I realized that, yeah, everybody check your LinkedIn more than your resume, for example. When in France, nobody care about LinkedIn because they're going to tell you, I'm not looking for a job, so LinkedIn is not important for me. So I compare a lot of things and I realize that, yeah, the habits are not the same. Um, so for that part, when it comes to professional, is not um, something that I'm scared to be in. Um, and for the other side, everything is flexible. I can say everything is digitalized. Everything is uh, mobile first, which is different too, <laughs> because we're still using Shake in France, for example. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I had a dream about somebody using checks last night. That was really weird. I just thought about that. Yeah, okay. We use Shake. I know. <laughs> I haven't so seen a check for about 20 years. There is a lot of difference. I have to admit, I don't know an awful lot about French culture or the French social structures mm. or, or anything like that so um, it's kind of fascinating for me to hear from you what the, the stark contrasts are of course like between between Sweden and France for example maternity leave yeah. it's maternity leave yeah, yeah. how do you say it papa lady yet mama lady so oh my god it's yeah. very different yeah so in Sweden, for example, I would say that society is very much focused on the work-life balance. Exactly. The sort of outdoor, f- as they call it in Swedish, free lifts, uh, mm-hmm. leave, and um, right, you know, outdoor life, um, and also very much on children and family. Exactly. You have time after yeah. work. You have time. You can so go to swim. What's the social focus in in France? I think it's not a priority. Okay. This is the big problem for me mm-hmm. because when you give birth, I think it's right now they decide to move our balance to have some new rules for the new mom in the society, but it's come like four weeks after you give birth. Wow. So, so it's very get, different. You only get four weeks. Four weeks. Holy crap. Four weeks. <laughs> I don't think my head had even adjusted four to the weeks. fact that I had... For some lady, they don't have... That's crazy. Um, it's not easy, huh? Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not easy. Wow. So, what is the focus in Paris then? Is it work? The thing is that when you give birth, mm. it's like you're gonna lose direct. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose advantage. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose money. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose social balance. You're gonna lose maybe your work mm-hmm. because a lot of uh, women they lose their job. Mm-hmm. They can't go back mm-hmm. in the same company because everything has changed, mm-hmm. they don't find the same responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, they realize that the company they are working for is not flexible mm. with their life. Mm. So it's another approach. Even if the government try to reduce the inequality and find different uh, rules to be better at work, it's not so easy. So. When you have four weeks, for some women, they can have two or three months. It depends on the uh, size of your organization. And if your organization wants to pay this maternity leave for you, mm-hmm. because it's not like uh, in uh, Sweden, who everything is done. Mm-hmm. 
there's this there's this social net that you can fall to yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. it sounds very much like the uk the uk mm. is, is is a similar it has longer maternity oh. leave you gave birth <laughs> in the uk right no i gave birth here yeah. yeah in sweden yeah um so um i i haven't experienced the 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 uk maternity leave mm. structure but from what i from what i've heard it sounds like the the inflexibility of the mm. of the uk maternity paternity structure is there and it's because there is no social net mm. so in sweden we the, the sweden prides itself on this social insurance mm. which you know we pay a lot of money for mm. we pay a lot of tax for mm. this social insurance but it's so that everybody mm. has the right to 498 462 days maternity leave or paternity mm. leave mm. or you know so it's it's and, and also sick leave or um uh disability payments or you know so so it's kind of it the social net is there for everyone to use mm. it's not just whether or not you have the privilege to to use it or not regard depending mm. on which company you work for or mm. so um and the biggest difference is like in France, every parent have his own uh, maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So like fathers private, they private have twenty eight days, okay. and the mother it depends four weeks, so it can be three months max. Yeah, and here in Sweden you share. Yeah, it's a common parental leave. So you per- see, yeah, exactly. The name is not the yeah. same because in French we call maternity leave, paternity, paternity leave. Yeah. Sorry. And here is a parental leave. So yeah. I think words make sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's another approach mm-hmm. about how can you be parents mm-hmm. and save and you don't lose income, you don't lose, you know. Um, so we need to work on it. Mm, definitely. <laughs> I do find interesting, though, that I, when the first time somebody told me the reason that Sweden has this fantastic shared parental leave is because it ensures that everyone goes back to work. So that if everyone goes back to work, everyone can pay taxes. Mm. You know, it benefits both the families that are having the children, but it also benefits the economy Mm. because everyone is contributing to Mm. work. Because I know in the UK, the majority of mothers end up leaving their work and no longer being contributors or paying tax or, you know, so that they drop out of the economic cycle. So it's just as important to keep the economic cycle going as it is to have happy families with, mm. you know, solid foundations from, you know, the, the, the very start. So you mean once they get baby, mm-hmm. they can't continue to work? No, they can continue to work in the UK, but it's because childcare costs so much money in the UK, a lot of mums decide to stop working because they can't afford childcare. Mm. And then when the children go to school, trying to get back into work, it's impossible. It's really hard. They find it it's very challenging. Like a career break. It's difficult to justify for the new exactly. company. Yeah. It's okay. something that they need to solve. Right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, wow. absolutely. And you know a lot of women. Like yeah, that. yeah. Wow. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it just it, economically it, it makes sense for them that the, the, one of the parents to stay at home 
mm. and care for the children instead of paying an entire salary mm. towards childcare where someone else is mm. looking after the children. But I heard today, I saw on LinkedIn today, that LinkedIn are creating a... A new future. A new, yeah, uh-huh. new functionality. Did you see Carry that? Carry on, Rick. <laughs> yes. It I think makes be- sense. Because yeah. LinkedIn are such a... They are now becoming leaders mm. in the sort of career industry, as it were. Of course, they need to lead from the front and normalize. Exactly. Normalize career break. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw a lot of profile, mm-hmm. career break, take a trip for one year, mm-hmm. two years, mm-hmm. three months, raise my kid. I think it's after this pandemic atmosphere, Definitely. people need to be really themselves. Yeah. And it's the time. Mm-hmm. And I think LinkedIn do the right thing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea. So we mentioned briefly about Sweden's social net. One of the things that Sweden also has is a very fixed ideal of what a kind of average person is. Mm -hmm. The way I like to think of it is it's like a little square box. And in order to access all of the best bits of Sweden, you have to fit in that square box. And if you don't fit in that square box, then you lose out on little bits of Swedish the Swedish social net. Mm -hmm. And I experienced that because I was an immigrant. So I came here from the UK of my own free will because my partner's Swedish. So I'm I'm what's called a Charlex Invandra, which is a love immigrant. (laughs) Um, And there's other people who come here because they're seeking asylum or they are coming for work or like, you know, they've decided to make a life choice and come here like you. So um, when we come into this little square Swedish box and we go, hello, can we can we get access to this? A lot of the time the access is denied. And I just want to find, I wanted to ask you, as someone who doesn't necessarily fit into the Swedish box, as a single mom, mm-hmm. as a black woman, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who's come here to better their life not better well, but no, not just like, change ch- like change. yeah exactly. what i mean it's just like give yourself the opportunity to flourish and grow and, exactly. and, and enjoy the the nature and and yeah and sweat all the and time sweat with because the i need to <laughs> present myself all the time but why did you move in sweden <laughs> maybe it's like we'll four, get... four or five times an idea yeah we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that um yeah how how have you what's been your experience of Mm. not fitting into that little square box yet thanks for asking um i feel like every day i need to justify myself i'm laughing but (laughs) yeah but every day i Mm. need to justify myself Mm. everything behind me it's what i'm doing here and what I want to do, what is my dream. And mm. I don't know if it's some question that we can ask to another person. Mm. But I try to deal with it. <laughs> I found it really heavy. Really? When, when I came here, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a black woman. Yeah. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a single parent. Um, but for people to be like, why are you here? Mm. Well, you know, it was an easy explanation mm. for me. It was, well, my, my partner is Swedish. Mm. But I think in that is also the hypocrisy. 
that comes with it which I as I've learned as I've come to to to, to spend to more and more years here in Sweden I've been here for seven years now I like to think that Sweden I kind of think that Sweden has a bit of an identity crisis because it wants to be seen to be really open and to be really flexible flexible. yeah Yeah, it's international international yeah is Uh it is it yeah Mm. I yeah it, it wants to be that it wants to be, be more it has to be that. It yeah. has to be that, you yeah. know. Um, but it's still struggling with this need to label everything. Mm. And that's what I mean about this little square box. Yeah. Everything has to have a label. Why are you here? What are you going to do? What do you want to get out of this? Instead of just being. And I enjoy every yeah. single day. Yeah. Because tomorrow is not promised. Yeah. So to be here is a gift for me mm-hmm. and it's not everybody who can take this risk I call it risk and since we live here me and my son we are more together mm-hmm. like we never been before I don't really know but we are only together so <laughs> we do everything together and he grew up very fast mm-hmm. so Yeah, to be here is like a gift. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful to hear. You are currently listening to The Swedish Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore sweet underscore ish and find us on LinkedIn and Facebook where you can leave us a message, send us your favorite Swedish tips and so much more. Enjoy listening. Reflecting on yourself coming here and building your own community in Sweden. Have you found a community here? I can count people that I really trust. Okay. But I can't say that I found my community, my people, mm. because I think it takes time. Yeah, sure. And uh, I realized that uh, it's not easy to have a honest conversation <laughs> with some mm. Swede. Mm. <laughs> it's not really easy mm. when it comes to society and socialize with people but I'm very open and still continue to meet people why do you feel it's not easy to have a conversation with Swede because I had so many conversation and it's like they really want to have some distance and Mm. to push you Mm. away a little Mm bit it doesn't scare me but I understand how it's work and I think it's part of um, the culture. Yeah, it's not personal. <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why I mentioned it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's definitely not personal. I think that's uh, once you have spent a bit of time here, you kind of do begin to understand that Swedes are, are not generally there to make friends. They feel like they have enough friends. They can and tell you I have enough. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Oh, I was shocked. <laughs> no, no, of course not. I have not. enough. No, no, um, but they, 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 that's what they think. Mm-hmm. It's the mentality. Of, okay. You know, they like to keep their circles quite tight. Um, and an awful lot of the time, their friends are from high school. Mm-hmm. They're very, very, they hold on to, you know, once you become, once you get into a Swedish friendship group mm. you're there for life 
Okay. You know, it's like very, it's very, you know, kind of tight like that. Mm. But it takes a lot of time. And right now, my question is, what is the real definition of friend? Because that's a, that's a real, that's no, a really because we question. need to be honest. After this uh, biggest pandemic, what is the real definition of friend? Because you have some people they didn't care about you after two, three years. They just like, hello, I saw that you move in Sweden. Like mm. view. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating question. Yeah. Uh, but isn't it also that after the pandemic, a lot of people have taken stock of their mental health, mental well-being, mm-hmm. and their and their inner sanctuary. Yeah. And have gone. Do I need all of this? You know how you know, and it is a harsh question. Like, it's, don't get me wrong. It's it's a. It's tough. I ask myself. No, I think that's a that's an amazing question to ask. Mm. And I, uh, you know, as a immigrant, one of the things that I have been most surprised by is how fluid friendships become mm. when you're an immigrant. Mm. You meet a lot of people mm. who are also immigrants or expats. Mm. So it's a constant turnover of friends or a constant flow people come and go or and and but it becomes like that with um relationships close relationships as well Mm. you know i have people who i have um acquaintances who live in sweden who work in sweden who i was very close with Mm. when i first arrived here Mm. but now not so much Mm -hmm. and you know there's nothing there hasn't been one situation or one instance which has caused mm. us to become to drift apart. It's just mm. life, you know. Maybe they maybe they've had more children, or maybe they've got another job, or maybe they've mm. moved to a different part of the city, or maybe they've you know moved to um, a different part of Sweden, mm. and we haven't prioritized the friendship. But I understand that some people can really mm. be impacted by mm. that. That was something for me that was quite difficult at first when I moved here. It was mm. just this kind of like rotation of people, mm. um, because I I was I was trying to develop and grow my community. But I think that's an interesting feeling, like that feeling of belonging. What makes you feel as though you belong somewhere? I think in my daily life, I try to have like some rules to know what I really want to have, but I don't have a lot of experience here in Sweden mm. like you so I can't see what you're seeing and I think it's something that I need to think for the moment mm. I can imagine that moving here just a few nine nine short months ago must be very overwhelming what has helped you feel less overwhelmed to be focused on my goals okay. because when you decide to move your country for me I consider myself a little bit lucky because it's not ev- like I said it's not everybody who can move and decide to restart everything in a new country that you never know. But when you decide, I think you need to put some goals. Mm-hmm. For me, the goals of my son, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's for me. I need to deal with my my different caps. <laughs> Can you tell us what those goals are? To be more global. Nice. 
Paris is good. Uh, France is very nice and amazing for real. Um, but if I decide to move to another country, it's to to growth. Yeah. And it's for my personal growth, not only my professional growth, but for my personal growth. Mm-hmm. What was it about Stockholm? Because I, I remember you said when we talked before mm-hmm. that you'd visited a lot of other places in Sweden for work. Yeah. When you, for work. yeah. What was it about Stockholm that gives you that sense of global community? I think it's the atmosphere of the city. Okay. It's more cozy for me. And I'm very focused on what I'm doing here. I don't have a distraction. For example, the old week, I just came out today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very focused, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And um, it's something that I'm very proud of. I wanted to open up a little bit more about your life as a single mom Mm -hmm. here in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, there is a lot of international single moms who yeah. listen, listen to this podcast and who 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 live here in Stockholm and okay, um and what's how has that been for you? For me, I realized that to be a single mom here in Stockholm for mm-hmm. me is more easy mentally because it's not something that scare people or they're gonna point like you are a single mom yeah. forever. Yeah. And in France, in Paris, because I used to have been in Paris, mm-hmm. you are excluded a little bit okay. of some event or mm. project or, mm. or decision for some um, companies. Or, and I think it's something that w- they don't treat very well. They don't consider the voice of single mom. And here... Mm-hmm. Is like okay mm-hmm. if I don't tell, nobody know that I'm a single mom. But it's not something uh, that I feel shy to tell about. No. I'm a single mom, <laughs> and since I'm here, I'm more open to discuss about that. In Paris, I cover all the time because I was shy to talk about my journey, my routine, my habits, my struggle. So I'm happy because I grew. <laughs> yeah, so you, have the, you have the freedom to be yourself, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think it's something that I should be happy to talk about uh, mm. this. I know that one of the the divorce rate in Sweden, for example, is, mm-hmm. inc- is increasing. It's going up and up and up and up. Really? So oh, yeah. Okay. So there are more more single parents in, wow. in Sweden than there have ever been before. Um, and uh, there's also less people getting married. Mm-hmm. So um, I, so for example, I'm not married, but I live with my partner and that in Sweden is called a sambo. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of a bit weird. It's like, you know, like legally I'm married to my partner, but we just haven't had the big party. Mm. It's a bit weird. But I think if, for example, Matthias died, I'd, I'd have to go through a legal process of taking sole custody of my daughter mm. because she has my hus- my partner's name, uh-huh. and I don't have his name. Okay. And it's like it's. I you mean, so the, so it's like yeah, yeah. So it's like the le- I mean, just just from a legal perspective in mm. Sweden, 
the the sort of custody issues um, and the especially for international parents mm. is are brutal. I guess also as well, I, I'm I'm really pleased to hear that you feel so much more at home being mm-hmm. able to be a hundred percent yourself and open and honest about your daily life experiences mm-hmm. as a single mom here. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your work mm-hmm. because I think, you know, it's right now we're on the precipice of a whole new generation of digital community building apparatus, I should say, mm-hmm. which is something that you are deeply invested in mm-hmm. with your work and that you've been building for the last decade. Can the, can the metaverse be used as a, a substitute for immigrants building communities in new countries? Good question. I think um, when it comes to the metaverse, it's the new approach of uh, internet and mm-hmm. this new world needs to be diverse mm-hmm. as much as possible mm-hmm. and it's i don't know everything it's possible with metaverse so it's essentially borderless yeah yeah so you can do everything you want yeah. as an immigrant you can create everything in the metaverse but the only approach that you need to have in mind it's to be unique and authentic with your community and with your project because it's your project who's gonna attract people is it that's a really interesting take on it and of course it makes complete sense that you know the metaverse being borderless so therefore there will be no immigrants Mm. there will be no um people crossing boundaries or or Mm. country boundaries country Mm. lines so therefore you know we're all nomads Mm. in a way because we're all just traversing Mm. the metaverse Mm. the sort of digital nomad Mm. metaverse Mm. as it were um but within that there will be communities and groups of people sharing similar Mm. interests Mm. instead of similar nationalities Mm. and i would love to see more ladies yeah the metaverse Mm mm-hmm because all the project right now is only men's who own it mm-hmm. and is not there is not so much lady mm-hmm. who build a project in the metaverse mm-hmm. but it will come I, i'm sure yeah one of the issues that stockholm has is that it's especially in its it industry it's incredibly unequal and the number of women who are in top jobs are desperately desperately low and then if you add on top of that the number of black or BIPOC women are just there's just hardly there's hardly any of them in those positions Mm. but do you feel um disappointed in that honestly I'm not surprised Sweden likes to think of itself as being incredibly equal opportunities they say that they prioritize equality at a very very high level but when you actually look at the statistics of number of women leading companies a number of BIPOC women it's desperately low and you know it actually turns out that when Sweden is talking about equality Mm. what they're actually talking about is white women at positions of power not talking about black women or brown women or women with disabilities or lesbian women or transgender women or you know this so there's just there's a very kind of Mm. again it's back to that little square box Mm. And everybody else is like, well, that's mm. not really equality. 
where's the where's the diversity you know there mm. so does, is that something that's disappointed you i'm not surprised uh-huh. but i hope it will change yeah and i saw a lot of people who build their own company who try to help some company to be more diverse mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in sweden mm-hmm. so i think with all these efforts it's it will change for sure i hope for a better society yeah because i think wh- I, when i look at the swedish especially the younger generation of swedes mm. who are made up of first or second generation immigrants mm. they've come to this country very young or they've mm. been born here for to immigrant mm. parents the stereotypical view of what a swede is it's not true anymore and uh, i live in a community of second generation immigrants mm. In Sweden and I, I kind of think how do they see themselves growing up because we're building this country for them and they're going to be the ones that lead this country forward and who knows your son is going to be one of them for sure so goes right to my heart when I say that immigrants of today are building the future of Sweden mm. but yet they are still hugely undervalued underrepresented you could see it in the rhetoric you know just now in the newspaper and in the in, on the television our entire election in sweden is going to be based around immigration so it's what is your future hope for um your son here in sweden to be more stronger mm-hmm. to have confidence mm-hmm. and to be open mm-hmm. and what about you what do you want to have more confidence <laughs> to continue to elevate and educate people through my work, mm. my conference, my workshops mm. and to be better every day and like I said to be more international. If there was one thing that you could say about your experience in Sweden so far, what would it be? Give the chance to foreigner to help you to growth your mm-hmm. international vision mm-hmm. when it comes to the workplace is there anything else that you would like to add to this podcast is thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> thank you emily thank you jill been listening to the swedish podcast hosted by jill and edited by cecile you can find us on instagram at the underscore swede underscore ish linkedin and facebook don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review with a few stars attached it helps everyone else find us